1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent
2: Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young.
3: Hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Adam Bicalo with PI Financial provides analysis of canola and wheat futures for this week. It's going to be a dry winter, according to the Water Security Agency's conditions at Freeze-Up report. And in the Senate yesterday, more debate on Bill C-234. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to SaskAg Today. On the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director,
3: Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Canola prices have been volatile for quite a while, and this week was no different. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial Adam Piccalo says the January canola contract was down this week by $13 a ton, dropping well below $700.
4: We're seeing a, a bit of a move down in the soybean side of things, and that's, I believe, kind of what's been driving canola a little bit lower. Next week's rains in Brazil are a bit of a bearish development, so it seems like there's some selling pressure kind of into the weekend. Uh, we might see additional announcements from China's sales this morning, uh, but really the South American forecast is kind of the main market focus for for beans right now. It seems that the bulls are kind of disappointed that prices weren't able to hold their gains over the last couple of weeks, even really after solid demand numbers here. So what I'm kind of watching is what's going to be coming kind of after this weekend for the soy markets and, and might affect especially canola next week. But the main story will be the Stats Can report that's coming out on Monday overall, it seems that uh, the estimates have been revised higher, kind of from where they were before. Uh, the average estimate for canola is sitting at about that 18.3 million tons. Uh, the high estimate is 19.7. The low is 17.2. Um, and last report in September from StatsCan, we were at sitting at 17.3. So again, about a million tons more, kind of, expected on canola and that's why we might might be seeing a little bit of selling here today so uh, we are kind of well below that 700 on january and uh, we need to kind of regain that level in my opinion to kind of at least confirm a little bit more of an upward trend
3: new contracts for wheat and other commodities have arrived the march contract for minneapolis wheat was up 10 cents this week
4: this week we did actually make a new contract low on Monday for the March contract at six ninety seven and a half a bushel. So it has rallied about twenty six cents from the low just uh, kind of on Monday. Uh, it does seem like a. Pullback maybe is a bit possible as kind of prices do hit resistance here right now. It, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of bullish kind of news for wheat. However, stats can again, will be releasing on Monday. And there is an expectation for a slight drop in all wheat production compared to the previous report. Uh, so we might see maybe a bit of a bullish number potentially to help kind of wheat next week.
3: Bicalo didn't see any recent news events that greatly affected the canola and wheat markets. Oil prices caused some movement, though, but not much.
4: OPEC did agree to voluntary kind of oil cuts, but it was really underwhelming compared to what I think a lot of, we'll call them energy analysts were kind of looking for. Uh, so we have seen kind of oil futures in general kind of pull back a little bit. We're trading now on the January WTI at about 76 area. So uh, I don't think necessarily that the, the oil kind of markets, you know, helping the grains by any means, especially the oil seeds. Uh, so, you know, I think also kind of maybe Maybe another, you know, a bearish factor for canola could be the Canadian dollar moving up a little bit today. We're above seventy-four uh, now. We've kind of rallied uh, since kind of the the low, roughly kind of on November first, about uh, two cents from seventy-two to seventy-four here. So that could uh, play a factor as well too, kind of on canola prices right now.
3: Adam Piccolo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. You're listening to Sask Egg today. Up next is the Water Security Agency's Conditions at Freeze Up report.
2: We're back with Sask Egg today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
3: Welcome back to the program. The Water Security Agency released its 2023 Conditions at Freeze Up report this week and it shows most of Saskatchewan is expected to have a dry winter. WSA spokesman Patrick Boyle says the report is typically released around late fall, early winter, to get a sense of what the landscape looks like right now.
1: What uh, is the water situation on the landscape, uh, just from a soil moisture perspective, and then also, you know, reservoirs and water supply perspective, and kind of where are we at, and what's our current picture uh, going into uh, fall and winter 2023 and into 2024.
3: The agency says some areas experienced a higher-than-normal spring runoff due to an unusually fast thaw, but hot and dry conditions through the summer and fall drove soil moisture down in most areas. Boyle says the southwest region is an area they will closely monitor.
1: They didn't see a lot of precipitation and, and, and are sort of battling those extremely dry conditions going forward. And that's one of the areas that uh, we'll be watching here as we go into 2024 and just the amount of uh, snowpack that we're going to get there and this potential for a you know a, a long-term El Nino weather pattern that might mean a, a, a drier, warmer winter this year, which it's hard to believe when it'll hit minus 30 from our perspective, but uh, that's what some of the climate experts are calling for.
3: In fact, drier areas of the province, like the southwest, would need an above-normal snowfall to stave off extremely dry conditions. There is also concern for surface water supply issues in the southwest if snowfall is below average this winter. An early snowfall event occurred across the south and east-central regions, followed by below-normal temperatures. The agency expects two runoff scenarios to occur because of this, increased soil moisture or higher runoff flows. In the southeast, rain and snow in early November isn't recorded in the report, but the WSA mentioned it improved soil moisture levels in the region but is still considered dry. Other than Lake Diefenbaker, which has been impacted by below normal water inflows from Alberta, Boyle says most large water reservoirs in southern and central Saskatchewan are at near normal elevations for this time of year.
1: That's a real positive thing going into that, so we're not looking at a whole lot of water supply issues in our reservoirs and areas like that. But, uh, you you know, uh, at at this time, we really don't see any areas having a lot of above normal spring runoff issues in 2024. Now, having said that, everything can change with our winter season here and and summer uh, precipitation. But uh, as of right now, really, uh, water supply conditions uh, as far as reservoir goes and and those supplies are, are in fairly good shape.
3: The WSA believes there is no elevated risk for above-normal spring runoff next year. Boyle noted the report has data from various sources, including Environment Canada and the U.S. National Weather Service.
1: A lot of work and and study goes into it, and we take all different sources of data, so it's a a fairly important report for us right now um, as as we go into that, because it gives us a, a snapshot of the current picture, and then as we try to understand things going forward.
3: The initial spring runoff outlook for 2024 will be issued in early February. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Up next is today's ag review.
2: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
3: Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions.
5: There's a consensus among several traders and analysts that Statistics Canada will very likely raise its estimates on canola and wheat production for 2023-24. Yields on the prairies were better than expected following a difficult first half of the growing period as the weather improved during the second half. Statscan is set to publish its lone farmer survey-based report on production of principal field crops on Monday. The federal agency's previous reports in August and September are model-based and largely rely on satellite imagery of crops. StatsCan's September report placed canola production at 17.37 million metric tons with all wheat at 29.83 million. The latter was broken down to 22.64 million metric tons of spring wheat, Durham at 4.06 million and winter wheat at 3.14 million. Other major crops included corn at 14.93 million metric tons, barley at 7.84 million, and soybeans at 6.72 million. The private members bill that aims to reduce the risk of biosecurity breaches from trespassers on farms has received final approval in the House of Commons. Bill C-275 brought forward by Conservative Shadow Minister for Agriculture, John Barlow, would update the Health of Animals Act to make it an offence to enter a place where animals are kept without permission, if doing so could expose them to a disease or contaminant. To discourage activists from entering farms and putting animals at risk, the bill would enable the government to levy six-figure fines on individuals and organizations who commit an offence. Barlow's bill now heads to the Senate, where it faces an uncertain timeline, with a federal election to be held by October 2025 at the latest looming in the background. McCain Foods has formed a new digital agriculture subsidiary called Presia Ag Insights. The move builds on McCain's 2022 acquisition of a predictive crop portfolio from Resin, a Fredericton, New Brunswick firm that uses artificial intelligence to advise farmers on crop management decisions. McCain says the Presia launch is the result of a decade of collaboration to develop digital technologies supporting farmers in building resiliency within their operations. McCain says the technology will allow farmers and crop sourcing partners to evaluate and predict crop yields, optimize harvest timing, and enhance on-farm sustainability. The firm will use satellite-based data-driven intelligence to garner these insights. Peter Daw, McCain's Chief Growth and Strategy Officer, says that the launch advances the firm's innovative agriculture agenda and will build on the firm's expertise in the potato sector. The Canadian Forage and Grassland Association presented its leadership award at its 14th annual conference this week in Harrison Hot Springs, British Columbia to Dr. Dan Undersander of Wisconsin, the first non-Canadian to win this award. As well as being the keynote speaker at the conference, Under Sander has worked as a forage specialist for 48 years, having shared his knowledge across Canada, partly through his alfalfa intensive training course. Undersander says he's glad to see the Canadian Forage Council pushing ahead with greenhouse gas initiatives and says there is an urgent need for cooperation across Canadian livestock and forage production sectors to quantify their efforts relating to greenhouse gas mitigation. Undersander has published over 1,600 papers related to forage production and utilization. He led the development of the University of Wisconsin Team Forage website, the most widely recognized source of forage information for temperate regions around the world. Strong El Nino conditions that have developed in the Pacific Ocean would typically lead to a milder winter across Canada, but other factors this year could challenge that outlook. That's according to the winter forecast from the Weather Network released Wednesday. A milder than normal winter is expected across Saskatchewan and Manitoba, especially across western Saskatchewan, as Pacific air will spread into the region from the west. However, there will still be periods of severe cold, especially during January and February across eastern parts of the region, including Winnipeg. However, frigid conditions are not expected to be as persistent as they are during a typical winter. Below-normal snowfall is expected across western Saskatchewan, but eastern parts of the province and Manitoba are expected to see near-normal snow totals. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falcon.
2: It's your Sask Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
3: I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, uh, we're coming to the end of the work week here. Is the forecast for this weekend looking pretty good?
6: Yeah, a lot of sunshine. Uh, Temperatures not too bad. It's struggling a bit today. The temperature really wants to warm. There's a warm air mass sitting off to our southwest, and it's trying to feed some of that warmer air in. Uh, But for now, we're resisting it. And it's not us. I'm I'm personally not resisting it. But the atmosphere in general is. And as a result, we're going to remain negative today, which by normalcy standards for the first day of december is certainly not bad we have already uh, gotten to about the normal coming into the afternoon we should just get a bit above it between minus three and minus four most areas this afternoon the wind holding in the southeast and it's that southeasterly wind that's the key that sort of indicates we're not in the warm air yet because it's off to the southwest and the frontal boundary This i'll call it a warm front even though it's a very weak front uh, is pushing it from the southwest, and ahead of it, the wind is southeast. So while the wind is southeast, that tells me it's not here yet, and that's why we're struggling today. It shifts into the south to southwest tonight, and our low is minus 10, which you could say is, okay, it's a little cooler, but it's a little warmer than last night, and it's not as cool as it would be, If this warm air didn't get in, we'll be seeing uh, some cooler readings sitting just off to our north uh, later on tonight. But for most of us, we're around minus 10 and minus 1 tomorrow with a partly to mostly sunny sky. The warm air retreats ever so slightly. We still get almost to freezing. I'm thinking maybe not quite to it on Sunday, but still a mostly sunny day. And the air is pretty dry for both Saturday and Sunday. Minus 2 we'll look for for a high. Watching for some light snow on Monday. The uh, computer models, which are showing us this snow, and looking, it's looking like a very reasonable scenario, are having a hard time with it because there really isn't much. And there is a chance for a light accumulation, but it's not going to be enough to really uh, be called an impactful snow. And as a result, the, the computer models, when they see stuff like that, they have a hard time really reconciling it. I think the afternoon is our best bet for the snow. Uh, midday through afternoon, and then we get back into temperatures above freezing for a couple of days, Tuesday and likely Wednesday as well, partly to mostly sunny highs within a few degrees of 3 both days.
3: Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for the period are around minus 6 degrees, normal lows minus 17. The sun rose at 837 this morning, and the sun will set at 458 again. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, minus 3, Swift Current, minus 5, Saskatoon is at minus 6, Weyburn and Yorkton minus 4 degrees. The warmest spot in the province is in Conorac at minus 1.4, cold spot in Stony Rapids at minus 21.9. In Regina, it's a mainly sunny sky, southeast wind at 15 kilometers an hour, humidity at 74%, temperature minus 6 degrees or 22 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.2 and falling. In Moose Jaw, it's partly cloudy. East-southeast wind at 8 kilometers an hour, and the temperature minus 4 degrees. Again, in Regina, mainly sunny. Southeast wind at 15, temperature minus 6 degrees. Back in a moment.
2: Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
3: This portion of Sask Egg today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougallAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Still no vote, but there was more debate on Bill C 234 yesterday in the Senate. Senator Jim Quinn brought up the issue of balance as he says he believes in climate change and the need to do something
7: about it. And I think that we have to look at the farmers of our country who are under pressures and farms are reducing. We talk about food security. And I think that we need to give them the opportunity to continue to provide food for not only Canadians but food around the world while we don't put unnecessary hardships that continues to accelerate the loss of farms. And I think that... We need to keep climate change as a reality, but do so in a very balanced way. I don't think climate change is a question of flicking a switch and all emissions <laughs> stop. I think we have to have a very well thought out, balanced approach to allow our climate to make the changes uh, that will, will save our planet. So I just want to share those thoughts and suggest that and ask that we really stand back from any partisan views we may have and truly be independent senators to think about what is the best position that takes into consideration the things I've mentioned, uh, including the farmers who feed our country and feed our world.
3: Senator Pierre uh, Piret doesn't support the bill in its original form, and had a question for him.
8: Last weekend, I stayed in 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 Ottawa. So Friday afternoon, I went to Costco and bought a tray of Bergeron cheese, different, you know, Monterey, and it was in a nice package. It was 800 grams for that tray of cheese, and it cost me $12. The next afternoon, I I needed some Diet Pepsi, so I went to Walmart, because it's two for $4. (laughs) And while I was there, I had to pass in front of the cheese display. And it caught my attention because a similar tray of select cheese from Bergeron, the brand, was 300 grams for $15. So at Costco, the same cheese for 800 grams, I paid $12. And at Walmart, for the same cheese, even less than than 50% of the tray I bought at Costco was $15. So my question to you is, what part of the carbon pricing is responsible for this disparity in price?
5: <laughs> Senator
0: Quinn.
7: So th- thank you for your question, uh, and thank you for... Uh, doing comparison shopping. I think that the important issue that I've raised is the question of climate change as it relates to farms. I didn't raise in my debate the pricing policies of retailers. I can take you to no frills and you might have got it even cheaper. But that's a retailer, that's a retailer issue. It's not the issue that I was addressing with respect to the operation of the farm and whatnot. And the last comment I would have is I'm glad that you were able to go to Costco and I'm glad that you were able to go to Walmart. And choose the products that you want. My point is that if we don't take a balanced approach, we're going to continue to see an increase in the number of people that don't enjoy that same benefit that you enjoy because they don't have the resources to pay for those foods.
3: Again, there wasn't an actual vote on the bill yesterday, and the Senate has been adjourned till Tuesday. There's allegedly going to be a vote on the bill at around 5.30 Eastern time on Tuesday. That's around 4.30 our time. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. I'm going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this.
2: You're tuned in to SaskAg Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
3: This segment of SaskAg Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, Arcola Building Many long-term herd health implications associated with drought extend far past the challenging grazing season. The Beef Cattle Research Council recently hosted a webinar to help beef cattle producers tackle the challenges of drought and the lasting effects of feed shortages. In the webinar, Dr. John Campbell, a leading expert in bovine health and management from the University of Saskatchewan's Large Animal Clinical Sciences Department, says when cattle consume bleached and dried out forage stands, or when their diet is switched to an alternative feed source, several deficiencies and conditions can be expected.
9: Things that we may have to deal with as a result of drought that might not show up right away. Obviously, there's lots of things that we deal with with drought, and and many of you are familiar with that, especially in the last few years. But I want to talk about uh, vitamin A, vitamin E deficiency, nitrate toxicity, and copper deficiency, some of the winter feed issues that we might see when we're feeding unusual feeds, and then finally, just body condition and reproductive effects.
3: The webinar includes how a beef producer can be on the lookout for deficiencies in feed products, how a lack of essential vitamins and minerals can affect the performance of a cow-calf herd, such as increased open rates in the fall. Dr. Campbell explains.
9: I think the biggest thing that I've seen uh, in a number of investigations I've done is impaired reproductive performance. We see really, really low pregnancy rates in some of these herds, and when we go and look for reasons why lots of times we'll find very 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 low copper levels in some of those cows.
3: Rancher and biologist Jesse Williams is no stranger to dry conditions after many years of ranching in southeastern Alberta. In the BCRC webinar she shares insights for remaining sustainable and profitable in the face of prolonged drought.
8: Call the cows that are costing you because it's going to create a more profitable herd for you to build from in the future. Now that you've called cows, Look at your feeding strategies and feed test everything. BCRC has acquired cow bites, it's ration balancing software, and I cannot recommend it enough. Um, we've used it for quite a few years. It's gonna help you identify uh, weak points in your feed. Like if you have too much NDF, look at your trace minerals, look at your vitamins, nitrate accumulations, microtoxins, all those things. This is gonna be incredibly important when you are using those alternative feeds and getting creative. What you feed your herd today will have an impact on your herd's performance and your bottom line for years to come.
3: The full webinar recording is available free of charge along with many other drought-related resources at beefresearch.ca. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Market Update.
2: Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
3: Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $2.60 at 649.12. Flax is up $10 to 631.04. Yellow peas is up $3.84 at 380.03, and number one red spring wheat is down $5.02 at 319.31. The rest were unchanged. Durham 470.05. Feed barley 262.58. Chickpeas 116844, lentils 797.50, oats 296.32, feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down 5 cents at $7.24.5 a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report.
2: The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
3: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, here are the latest quotes.
0: This is Graham Barnett with the market report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 2,000 calves on offer here at our Tuesday pre-sort. This market looked fully steady to the last pre-sort. Here's what happened. 124 red and black steers, 484 at 428. 115 red and black steers, 535s at 399. 72 of them, 592 at 377. 91 little red and black steers, 432 at 452. We sold 127 black heifers, 1 drag, 481 at 349 and 75. 68 small heifers, 366 at 368. 426 pound black and red heifers at 345. Next pre-start here is Tuesday, December 12th. That will be the last one of the fall 450 cows showed up here again on Thursday. They touched lower on this cow market, 125 to 134 on those top, top, and high-yielding cows. Lots of cows, though, eleven to $1.26 on the medium, thinner kind of cows. For more market information, give Heartland Mucha a call at 692-2385. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon.
3: The latest pork prices are at $178.88 per ckg. Coming up, the resource report.
2: It's the SaskEgg Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young.
3: Statistics Canada says the unemployment rate ticked up to 5.8% last month as job creation continues to lag population growth in the country. The federal agency released its November Labor Force survey today, showing the economy added a modest 25,000 jobs. Manufacturing and construction saw the largest gains in employment, while the most jobs were shed in the wholesale and retail trade, as well as finance, insurance, real estate, rental and leasing. As labor market conditions weaken, the survey finds unemployed people last month were more likely to have been laid off compared with a year ago. The softer job market conditions come as high interest rates weigh on economic growth, and a ballooning population adds to the number of people looking for work. Despite those trends, however, average hourly wages continued to grow quickly, rising 4.8% from a year ago as workers seek compensation for high inflation. On the markets, the TSX is up 130 points at 20,366. The Dow is up 206 points to 36,157. Oil is up 34 cents at $76.30 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 74.10 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit gowancanada.com to learn more. And that's SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day.
1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.